Her and EU, a European podcast on gender equality. Brought to you by the Martin Center with Loredana Teodorescu. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this new episode of Her and EU, a podcast on gender equality and women's role in the society. I'm Loredana Teodorescu, and our special guest of today is Katarzyna Pizarska, founder of the European Academy of Diplomacy and co-founder and chair of the Warsaw Security Forum. Katarzyna, you are a social entrepreneur, a civic activist, an academic. You're also chairing several important organizations in the field of foreign policy, security, and diplomacy, and you received many acknowledgements for your leadership accomplishments. So looking back, what have been the ingredients of your success and how being a woman has affected your career? Thank you so much, uh, Loredana, for first of all the invitation. It's it's such a pleasure to be here with you and discuss uh, this very relevant topic of, of women leadership in international relations. Um, let me uh, tell you that I think the, the, the most important ingredients I feel has helped me succeed uh, in, in my uh, professional career is simply one. It's a sense of purpose. I think in any leadership um, activity, in any activity really, if you have a deep sense uh, of what you're doing, that what you're doing changes something, makes sense, is important for you personally, then any obstacle that you might encounter, and there's of course many uh, during uh, a lifetime, um, they in time become irrelevant. And for me, my sense of purpose was really related to my country. Uh, I was, as a small child, a refugee after uh, the martial law in Poland in 1981. Uh, I've ended up with my parents who were doctors in the United States. And I was told as a small child uh, that we'll probably never go back to Poland because uh, it was a communist state, uh, the Iron Curtain was there, it was impossible uh, for them to return. And then, of course, 1989 uh, happened, uh, and within my childhood years, I've seen, you know, the impossible possible, and uh, we came back to Poland uh, uh, at the end of the 1980s with this wonderful feeling that a miracle has happened. Europe has united, you know, the impossible has become possible, but also with the sense uh, of the need to rebuild the country, to open it up to uh, the uh, open markets, to democracy, and of course, uh, make sure that Poland and Central Europe integrates with the West through joining NATO, through joining the European Union. So most of my, my uh, young years uh, during my studies, uh, you know, I had a very strong sense of purpose that this was one and a unique uh, historical opportunity. Now, when you ask me whether the fact that I'm a woman made a difference, well, I, I'm sure it did. But at the beginning, I've, I've tried to do see this as an opportunity. Um, it, it surely, especially when you are in uh, in the area of security of military studies, uh, I mean, you are in the minority. Very often, you're the only in the room, and that makes you stand out. But it also uh, gives you the feeling that you have to do your best, that you have to prove yourself. And again, I saw this as an opportunity, not an obstacle. 
uh, I've never felt discriminated in any way when I had direct interactions with people. But uh, when uh, I do uh, have media uh, media um, performances, uh, when I do go live on TV, I have podcasts. I, I sometimes, you know, look at those horrible uh, comments. And one thing I always notice is that, you know, people uh, tend to focus on what is she wearing? Oh, why is she smiling like this? Oh, why is, and of course, when you have male experts on the same panel, <laughs> they would actually focus on what he is saying. So uh, I would never say that it doesn't matter. It does matter. And I think there's a lot of work to do in terms of actually um, making sure that uh, women have their rightful place at any discussion at any table. And speaking of sense of purpose, now you as a Polish analyst, as an activist, as an expert on security, you are devoting many initiatives to Ukraine. You are involved in many dialogues. So can you tell us uh, a little bit more about that? Uh, and here again, do you feel that being a woman addressing those issues changes somehow your perspectives? I think the last 50 plus days were probably the most challenging, but in, in a way the most purpose, purposeful in my entire career. Um, and this is because I have the opportunity to work with a group of magnificent women from Ukraine who uh, we have uh, evacuated at the beginning of the war, the Russian invasion uh, to Ukraine uh, from Kiev to Warsaw, who have established with us the International Center for Ukrainian Victory, who have done incredible work uh, on advocacy, you know, from reaching out to, to, to US Congress, uh, Secretary Blinken, to all major decision makers here uh, in Europe. And I have to say, uh, I've, I've learned uh, incredibly a lot uh, from these women. And of course, whatever they've been doing in the last uh, 50 days, they've changed their entire career, if you can say that, uh, and, and began to advocate on behalf of Ukraine, especially in terms of military assistance to Ukraine, humanitarian assistance, uh, but also bringing out the horrible, you know, the, the showing the horrible atrocities that are done on the Ukrainian people and showing it to the world. Uh, and the way they do it uh, is just uh, incredible because of their passion, because of their love for their country, because their understanding of an existential fight that Ukraine is, uh, is doing. Indeed, you are doing a great job. However, uh, there are no women or there are very few of them at the different tables taking decisions, which we know happens very often. So are women really absent or let's say they are just somehow invisible? I think uh, this is a, a very important discussion uh, that uh, every woman leader has to have with other women leaders. Uh, it is true, and this is not only the Ukrainian case, is that you have a very big group of talented women usually going out of universities, uh, entering their uh, 
professional careers, uh, sometimes deciding to go into politics, uh, into uh, public administration, into security uh, jobs. Uh, but somewhere in their late 20s, early 30s, it seems that uh, on top of all these wonderful, powerful m women, I mean, their, 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 their career slows down while the big important positions, uh, leadership positions are actually taken by men. Uh, and I think there's a lot of different reasons for this. Some would say, of course, uh, you know, barriers uh, that come from from stereotypes uh, from a some countries have a very strong male culture uh, of promotion. Um, but I think one of the biggest challenges we see uh, of, across Europe, you know, from really Sweden to to Spain um, is that there are systematic challenges which come again from the fact that many women decide to have in their 30s you know a family which is <laughs> more than than expected and 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 wonderful um, but then they have to make choices uh, and these choices usually are if I want to have a child a second child a third child then of course I can't take that promotion of course I can't take that uh, that uh, job uh, or sometimes even if I'm offered I do realize how time consuming that would be and what does that mean for my kids? And this is, you know, probably a, a dilemma which we have been facing uh, for a very long time. But we see that uh, actually there are countries who are dealing with this dilemma much better than others. Uh, and I'm looking here specifically on Scandin in Scandinavian countries where a lot of the working culture actually is uh, tuned to the needs of women in such a way that it expects also male to step up to be full-time parents, full-time fathers. It does uh, give, uh, you know, specific preference for women who have children, gives them more time to complete some of their stages of career. So I think the biggest the biggest challenge I've seen over the years and something I've, I've tried to really advocate for uh, with, with uh, uh, women from all around Europe and beyond is to really push these systematic changes uh, in our countries. But at the end of the day, we also have to realize that, of course, women can have it all, but they can't have it at the same time. <laughs> that for women, uh, pacing uh, a career is much more uh, uh, important and to understand that you you have certain times of your life which you devote more time for your family and then more time for your career and the spacing is truly critical what can we do uh, to better support and facilitate women leadership and to facilitate this change of mindset i have in mind the different programs you initiated and developed for instance devoted to the younger generation uh, such as the academy of young diplomats uh, so what kind of programs or initiatives are in your opinion the most successful uh, to shape to sharpen to inspire a new generation committed to a better and equal world well, in all the programs that we run at the European Academy of Diplomacy, especially longer programs, we do try to have a component that is called women leadership. And we actually do this model for both male and female participants of our programs. And what we're trying to do during these models, which are sometimes a very 
<laughs> intimate experience because we talk about personal experience of, of, of trying to, to lead as a woman, trying to lead as a male, what kind of barriers, what kind of challenges we both face. But what we try to do is, is to, um, to encourage a discussion about where the problems are. And I, I always find, and we've been doing this for almost 15 years, uh, that uh, the young generation is extremely appreciative of uh, opening these issues uh, uh, to a wide discussion. On the one side, it opens the, the minds, uh, especially of the male participants. They often don't think about the challenges that women face while uh, entering leadership positions. But then it also is extremely helpful for women to kind of realize early in the process. So while they're still in their 20s, you know, what kind of challenges they might face and what kind of help and support they should uh, be receiving. And there's a few things that I always recommend for our programs. First and foremost is, is mentoring. I think having a support group of not only family, friends, but also a professional support group of, uh, of women, but also men who have walked different paths, career paths, uh, and are there to give you advice, uh, to uh, kind of, you know, give, give you a sense of, of, of maybe direction or understanding of the potential challenges you might face in the future and in a way protecting you from some of the, the mistakes you might uh, or frustrations you might uh, have. I think mentoring is an extremely uh, uh, strong tool. But apart from mentoring tools, any woman leadership program, uh, any discussion, again, with, with men leaders also, make them realize you know, that they also have to be more proactive, not only as bosses, seeking out talent among women, but also as fathers supporting uh, their wives uh, in their careers and also taking full responsibility for family in terms of upbringing of children and not only uh, the financial responsibility. So all, all this, I think that the young generation is extremely open to, and some of these things are much more obvious than they were for my generation. But last, I would say at the end of the day, there is a need for a systematic change uh, that promotes actually uh, the kind the kind of working environment that is open to uh, to uh, families that is open to self development that is more flexible uh, and this will only come if there's enough of self aware citizens especially the young generation which is going to demand this and again this is already happening so we discussed obstacles, we discussed challenges and also possible initiatives to overcome them. Uh, can you briefly tell us how having more women shaping our foreign and security policies could make the difference? So what is the added value in a very few words? Well, first and foremost, the most obvious thing is uh, most, or if not all areas of policy, of security, of economy, uh, are areas that affect uh, women's lives. So if they affect women's lives, uh, just like men sit at the table to make decisions in these areas, women should also be there because it simply is this a decision about their lives. And of course, the fact that you have more women, especially in politics, means that there's more focus on issues such as education, 
healthcare, children's issues, um, very often, uh, you know, in the past seen as not that relevant uh, to policymaker, uh, policymaking, uh, but also this perspective of women leaders uh, changes the way we actually produce policies in this area. Uh, with the, no doubt, you know, th there's different leaders, there's a lot of different leadership styles. I would never say that women have a different leadership style than men. It's really all about uh, character. But surely uh, studies again and again show that women leaders tend to be more empathic. They, want, they tend to be more team focused. They tend to be less focused on my ego. Uh, so I think this ability of women to have extended emotional intelligence, especially, uh, you know, empathy, but also self-awareness, self-regulation, all this uh, really adds to leadership of any uh, institution. And last but not least, I think I've seen a very interesting uh, study showing that uh, especially the corporation perform much better if there are women on the boards and they've done in-depth studies about this and it turns out that uh, the leadership of such corporations is less willing to take dramatic risks if there are women on boards. So there's multiple reasons but again I would say the most important is uh, all the issues in politics and economy uh, uh, are related to women's life and just like men have a say about them women also should have a say in decision making that affects all women uh, in the future thank you thank you for highlighting it very very well uh, let me conclude with a final personal question so today you are inspiring you are also mentoring many women and girls uh, but is there a person who inspired you throughout your life? I might surprise you, but, you know, one uh, person who inspires me uh, every time is, is my husband. Uh, I mean, we've been together 23 years, I think. And um, I, he, he has always, uh, you know, been the greatest cheerleader I have ever had. Uh, and uh, we have both created the, the many institutions you've mentioned, uh, the European Academy of Diplomacy, the Pulaski Foundation, the Warsaw Security Forum, many, uh, I mean, all of these institutions in a way were, were his <laughs> ideas, but he had never any problem with me taking leadership. Uh, on the contrary, he was the one who saw my potential and said, well, you should be doing this. You should be at the table. You should be making these decisions, uh, even when I doubted to myself. So I think uh, it's very important to have uh, in your life, uh, both, of course, female and male um, cheerleaders. But I think a male's perspective um, it tends, it tends to be uh, extremely uh, rational and pragmatic in terms of, of understanding that uh, you know, I mean, you have to be out there. Yes, you cannot just be answering your emails and and, and thinking that if you did your to-do list, uh, you're good as a leader, but really being out there, making the, the difficult decisions, standing up for yourself, uh, speaking with a clear voice. Uh, and we often as women, you know, have a problem with that. Uh, and uh, I think uh, male uh, leaders have a big role to play and men have a big role to play. Our fathers, our partners, our male friends uh, to to encourage women to stand up to have influence on the decisions that are being made uh, in any field. Katarzyna, thank you so much for your time, for your words, and thank you to the Martin Center for making this podcast possible. Thank you all for listening and stay tuned for the next episode. That was today's episode of Her and EU. 
Subscribe to our podcast for more.